Miyagi. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Uh, not bad. Thank you very much. Uh, once again, uh, listeners, you'll be pleased to know. Uh, of course, Nia is probably more pleased because she's got to talk to me. Um, <laughs> I am fully caffeinated. Woo! Okay. We're ready yes. to start. Yes. Hey, so I have a question for you. Okay. Um, so you know that uh, box of sort of gross pasta that's made of carrots that your mom got on sale that's in the back of the cabinet? And she says to you, she says to you, don't eat that. We may need it at some point. Yes. And I'm thinking, yeah, during the zombie apocalypse, we might need that. But there's no other time we're going to need that. <laughs> that is how I think of the strategic petroleum reserve of our country. Am I, uh, would, you, would you say that I am in the neighborhood of how we think about it in terms of it sits at the back of the cabinet? Yeah, it falls into the category of sort of not used you know, for a while. Only open in times of emergency, right? Break, break glass when needed. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. It's not stored in glass, is it? That would be terrible. Uh, no. Uh, okay. Uh, listeners, uh, what we're talking about, um, and when we're recording this podcast episode, uh, this has been a big item in the news. Um, uh, the media refers to it as the U.S. oil reserves, uh, but its official title, and again, because we are talking about the government, there has to be an acronym. We're yes. talking about the SPR, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, okay? And this is, as Nia just gave us <laughs> an analogy, it's the emergency stockpile of petroleum maintained by the United States Department of Energy. Okay. And it's measured in terms of barrels, even though we don't keep it in barrels because that we is... like to confuse the issue. So I looked up how many barrels, like what's the measurement of that? It is 42 gallons. Yes. So one oil barrel, barrel equals 42 gallons of liquid oh, petroleum. Um, so petroleum. it's not refined yet. It's not right. refined yet. Okay. In, in listeners, 42 gallons, think about your gasoline tank on your automobile. Um, according to uh, the National Highway Transportation Safety Board, <laughs> boy, is that a mouthful. Okay, the average American vehicle uh, has a gasoline tank that holds uh, be, uh, a little more than 17 gallons of gas. Okay. Oh, yeah. I drive a smaller car, so mine's like 11. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. And trucks, so, I imagine, have 25, not Mack trucks, but like F10s and stuff. Yeah, F-150. yeah, yeah. Your regular pickup trucks usually hold um, over 20. So okay. the average is somewhere around 17. Okay. So you're basically talking about each barrel, okay, um, holds about two and a half gas tanks worth of petroleum. Okay. Now, okay. listeners, you may be wondering, and and Nia and I, the, the reason why we're doing this short episode is that Nia and I have received a lot of questions from friends, family members, students. What is this oral reserve that the media is talking about? And, um, and, and when we're recording this podcast episode, 
the week before President Biden announced that he was going to tap into <laughs> right. the, the, the U.S. oil reserve. Okay. So, so let's start with when did we get an oil reserve? Have we always had one since the beginning of oil? Uh, no, uh, we did not get one uh, until 1975. Oh, gas re- lines. Ah, that's very OPEC, good. right? That's OPEC, okay. and we're going to turn off the faucet, and we went, ah, and we panicked. Yeah, uh, for uh, our younger listeners, Nia and I are of the age of the, the, the generation where when we were kids, um, we remember gas lines. Because in 1973 and 1974, uh, OPEC, okay, which is the organization, some would say the cartel of (laughs) oil producing uh, nations, uh, decided um, that their primary form of leverage over the West was oil. Which was true. Because I'm just going to tell you what, in 1973, I was six years old and my parents drove a station wagon that probably got five miles to the gallon, (laughs) right? Like it was this huge honking, heavy, you know, well, because they put a bunch of kids and dogs and whatever in it and we off we went on trips. It was like a tank. And I assumed that it had the gas mileage of a tank, right? right? Terrible. And by the way, listeners, it didn't matter if you had a large vehicle, which most vehicles in the uh, United States. Were there time, even were small vehicles then? Like well, what, what I was going to share with you <laughs> is my family had a Chevy Nova. Oh, okay? oh, Nova. Okay. And we could, okay. And we, <laughs> if we could barely fit, you know, the five of us in the car with the dog, right? It was cramped, but even the Nova, okay. Only got about 11 or 12 miles to the gallon. Right. <laughs> Right. And most people were driving like Cadillac, you know, really big Impalas, just huge cars because Americans were like, I want, I want, I want a real estate car, right? They want a big car. And so um, that was a sign of your status. Right. And what it did cause was I remember sitting in gas lines. I remember sitting in the car with my dad while he waited on and off whatever the license plate, like your license plate number had to do with when you could go and get, you know, on Monday or Wednesday or Tuesday or Thursday. And and you could only get five gallons at a time. Right. Okay. It was a serious thing. And and there's Jimmy Carter in the White House telling us to put on sweaters and turn off, turn down our heat. Whoa, 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 whoa. That was Jimmy Carter. Okay, that oh, comes that's a little later. Bit later. That's right. Okay. That's later. This is it was, it, it was during the Nixon and then Ford, Ford administrations, right. okay, that were like, okay, we need to ration gas. My bad. Well, Jimmy Carter was reacting to this later. Yeah. <laughs> this whole idea of being, well, the whole idea of being, of owing other countries or having, or being vulnerable. And that's what President Biden is talking about, being vulnerable to other nations, in this particular instance, Russia, because as of recording, Russia and Ukraine are having a fracas, um, then I could see where presidents would react by saying, you know what, we're not going to be in this position again. We're not going to be in a position where some country or some group of people can stranglehold our our oil supply. So who who runs it? Uh, the Department of Energy runs it. 
Um, the Strategic uh, uh, Petroleum Reserve, and I'm just going to go with the acronym SPR, um, is actually stored in underground tanks in four sites in Louisiana and Texas. And by the way, oh, that's those... a good idea in hurricane country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not dangerous at all. What's wrong with storing it in Iowa or Nebraska? Well, no, then you got tornadoes. I guess there's no good place. Oh, well, here, here, here was the thinking. Where is most of, uh, there are three states that do most of the refining of petroleum in the oh, United States. Oh, that makes sense, right? You'd not want to have to pump the crude very far in order to far. get it to the refineries. And that's Louisiana, Texas, and. You're not, you're not going to guess the third one. Uh, California? Nope, New Jersey. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. Well, in, uh, in New Jersey, you have it, freezing temperature. I mean, there's all kinds of issues with doing it there, too. Okay, so there's no good place to do this. So I see that near the refining makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yes. So okay. is it, is there a lot? Potentially, the SPR, the four underground tanks, can hold 714 million barrels. Okay. okay. As of December 4th of last year, uh, the inventory was nearly 594. And by the way, the reason why we were not at full capacity. I was going to say, I'm not math brilliant, but I'm pretty sure there's 200 million barrels missing there. Okay. And, and the reason why we're not at full capacity, and I had to do a little bit of digging, but I got this verified by multiple sources. Since 2015, Congress, okay, and this has not been publicized, Congress has been selling some of the oil from the SPR to fund the deficit spending <laughs> of our federal government. Oh my gosh. So, so. Technically, I'm seeing the front of the box of the pasta, but somebody's been eating out of the back of the box of the pasta. And so even when we have um, a, a zombie apocalypse, when we go to make that box of pasta, it's not going to be as much as we thought. That's nice, right. Congress. Be thanks. Because we've had rights, rat, rats and mice eating from the back <laughs> of the box, and we've been completely unaware of this. Congress, okay? rats and mice. Yes. Okay. Uh, they I, have since 2017 held at least seven sales where they have sold 132 million barrels, about 18% okay, of what had been in the reserve. Who do they sell it to? Do they sell it to gas companies? Uh, no, they go ahead and sell it to other nations. They use it uh, oh. for, for strategic. <laughs> I see foreign policy uh, purposes. <laughs> okay. So I mean, friendly nations, probably mostly. Yes, uh, yes. Otherwise, it would have been found out by the Washington Post and exposed. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the, the, when, when I saw that. Well, but that's just... extremely unfortunate that we're almost 20% down from where we where we would normally be. Now, how many days well, I, you can't say how many days it would last exactly because we don't know exactly. But how many days do we think our oil reserves would last if, okay. if, if and when they so, get tapped. 
Okay, so the capacity of releasing the oil is 4.4 million barrels per day. Okay, how much do we okay. use per day? Ah, very good question. Um, typically, okay, um, we use 20.5 million barrels of oil a day. Okay, so that leaves us a small but important deficit of three quarters of what we need. Yes. So <laughs> by by releasing oil <laughs> from the SPR, okay, I need you to it, turn the faucet on. Okay, dribble, 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 dribble. Okay, but but again, that's what doesn't get reported, right? By tapping the SPR, all it would do is meet some of the demand. Right. Not all of it's, the demand. It's not a solution. It's not a solution. It is a short-term fix, okay, to lower the price of gasoline in the United States. And that's the reason why President Biden is contemplating or, you know, decided to do this. Okay. Is that the price per gallon of gasoline has gone up pretty significantly in for a number of reasons. The most prominent one is concerns over, okay, the amount of petroleum being produced and shipped around the world because Russia is one of the largest oil producers in the world. I would argue that corporate greed has something to do with it as well, but we can't get into that because that's a whole different, that's a long episode, not a short episode. That is, yeah, there, there is some evidence of that, okay, um, and let's also face it. When Americans are told there's going to be a shortage of something, ah, they go buy it all. Yeah, instead of us Panic actually, <laughs> yes, instead of actually doing the rational thing, which serving. is, yes, <laughs> how do we change our behavior so that there isn't less supply? We actually increase our demand. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it we is, should probably stop doing that. <laughs> I'm just going to say, we should probably stop doing that. So, it, it, it is fascinating how Americans... It, what? It, there's it, no it, toilet it, paper? I'm going to buy 400 rolls of it. Okay, well, calm down. That's going to take an awful long time to get through. We, we saw this at the start of the pandemic, right? right? You just mentioned toilet paper. I remember there, you know, there was a run on hand sanitizer, right? I'm just like, guys just use hand soap and water, right? Just wash your hands, okay? But no, I must get hand sanitizer. And I'm just like... Yeah, or you could just get soap. Yes. Dial. Just get some dial and wash your... Or whichever. We're not sponsored. So whichever soap you want. Dove, dial, Irish whatever. spring. Whatever. Just wash whatever your you hands Whatever you want your hands more. to smell like, right. Okay, just wash your hands more and don't touch your face. Which touching your face is the hard part oh, um, or not touching your face is the hard right. part. If somebody yeah. tells you not to touch your face, it's like telling you not to look over your shoulder. The, the incredible urge to turn your head becomes, you know. Yes. So before we, before we end, because I know we're, we need to wrap up here just in a couple minutes for this sort of short episode. Um, I would think that a major problem to this whole system would be that those tanks that are buried in the ground cannot last forever. 
Oh, that, Nia, that, that's a completely different episode. Because okay. we, will, we will have to go ahead. I would think that we would have to go ahead and talk about not only the storage tanks for petroleum, but the storage tanks for nuclear waste, okay? So super fun sites. Okay, yes. we'll have to talk about it. Okay, okay, so we'll do an episode on that at some point. What are but, but listeners, I did want to go ahead and have us briefly talk about criticisms of tapping the SPR. Right. Okay. And by the way, um, there are criticisms <laughs> from all over the ideological spectrum. Oh, I'm sure everybody hates this idea. I'm okay. sure every I can I can just hear the liberal side saying go ahead saying but we shouldn't keep oil in the ground it's terrible it's going to ruin the water it's going to ruin the right like it's environmentally it's horrific what are we doing here i can hear that okay and and, and, and keep on going because for the left it's not only environmental concerns it's energy concerns right uh, why can't we run things by solar power why can't we run things by wind why do we have to use fossil fuels fossil fuels are evil which by the way i don't disagree with necessarily but well, i'm no, just saying that I, that would but, be a a criticism of this would be this does not force us as a culture and as a country to move away from fossil fuels if we if we stash fossil fuels that's like saying i'm going to start a diet but i'm going to keep these oreos here just in case you're never gonna make headway as long as the, as long as you keep eating the Oreos in addition to trying to you know what I mean like it's just not yeah, gonna work yeah because this creates a, what economists refer to as a moral hazard right okay right. you're not gonna change your behavior if there are no consequences for not changing your behavior right so if we're gonna have the reserve to deal with this kind of situation there's no good incentive for us to wean ourselves off of a reliance on fossil fuels. Right. That's, okay, that's, so that's a, I think that's a legitimate criticism. Sure. From the right and oh, the patrol. Yeah, yes. Can I guess from the right? Yes. This is not letting the hand of the market, what is it, the invisible hand of the market, it, the, like uh, work its Adam magic. Smith's, right. Yes, Adam, the, Adam Smith. Things that are expensive. That will cause people to buy less of it, which will automatically cause them to conserve, and that will take care of the problem. That's what we should be doing instead of instead of tapping yes. our reserve. Yes. So those on the right and from the petroleum industry have gone ahead and said, uh, by tapping the SPR, um, you are artificially affecting the conditions in the gasoline market. So instead of allowing the market to correct itself, okay, the government is intervening and is making the market actually less efficient. Now, and I'm going to argue there's probably, oh, go ahead. I'm going to argue well, there's probably another point from the right, from some people on the right, which is we should not be using our reserve for this purpose. We yes. should be holding on to it for a time when it is what we think of as really, really bad. And I'm not trying to be ugly, but $5 gallon of gas is very different than what is the potential of like $7 or $8 gallon of gas. And if you let your reserves go too soon, then you won't have it for if things get truly remarkably bad. That is sort of the prepper mentality on the right of the yeah. extreme sort of we should hold on to 
every bit of it and just tough it out for this. So there's also that part that's probably on yeah. the right as well. But then listeners, let's not forget the other criticism. And this is coming from consumer groups, which is why do we wait until gasoline prices are really high <laughs> right. before tapping the SBR? Why, okay. why did it have to go over $4? Why couldn't it be three fifty or 50. three or? Because you know. we know this. And, and study after study shows this. High prices for these types of goods, gasoline, food, rent, hit which class of Americans the hardest? Poor Americans. Poor working Americans get slammed the hardest. Yes. because You try to go to work when your gas is $4 a gallon. You and know, you, you know, can't live close to where you work because it's expensive to live close to where you work. So you live further out and you have to drive in. I mean, then it becomes a question of whether you go to work or not. And you cannot afford, you know, hybrids, okay, um, right. or other more, more gas efficient vehicles, okay, because again, you're poor. So chances and are- You've chances probably are, gotten a vehicle from somebody, it's older. Yeah, or, I was going to say it's older. So you're not going to get- you know, the, the best uh, uh, gas mileage, okay, with your vehicle. So you're right. even more dependent, okay, on purchasing gasoline that is now costing you more. So it's cutting into uh, your uh, the monies you would have for food, rent, and or mortgage, okay, putting clothes on, you know, the backs of your kids, et cetera, et cetera. There's a cascading effect here. Right. Um, and then there's the really cynical. And because I teach politics, <laughs> I can't resist this one. Right? I was going to say, is this your criticism? <laughs> um, this might fall into that category. Uh, it's yeah. going to I fall into this category. I, when I read your notes, I was like, yeah, that's why I don't like it. Neil, what's happening later this year? This is oh, 2022. I don't know. I would think that that would be maybe the off term elections. Yeah, the midterm elections, right? Midterm election where I'm sure that President Biden expects to take a shellacking because guess what? President Biden is going to take a shellacking because that's what happens to the sitting president in the midterm elections. Yeah, And it the, the feels part. to me a little greasy, like maybe he's trying to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe yes. he's trying to say, but look, I did this great thing and it brought the prices back down and don't you love me? And I'm like, I, you, blech. <laughs> that's how i feel about that but and again this goes back to something we've talked about <laughs> in numerous episodes congress gives the president almost unilateral authority to decide when to tap the sbr right except when they're just selling it off on the side now i did well, not know is. they were doing that and i love the idea that they're like hey man want to buy some oil like <laughs> just like they like they pull up in an unmarked van in front of another country and say, guess what I've got? I don't, I just think that's hilarious. No, I actually think in some ways that's appalling. Like it seems to me like there ought to be more of a public. That should have been to that do be made transparent, about that. right? And the media right. should be covering that. Okay, right. We're willing to tap into our SPR to go ahead and deal with deficit spending. Yeah, okay, that's a terrible idea. Won't we deal with deficit spending? Exactly. <laughs> why, why don't we? Why don't we actually solve the problem instead of just oh well, I'll just 
rob Peter to pay Paul, which is basically what you're doing there. You're because at it, some it, it, point well, you're going to have to replace that oil. It, it's it, it, embezzlement. Okay. It's oil it, it, embezzlement. And also, if you know you need an SPR, what should right. that tell you about your energy policy? Right. There are so many things wrong with having this, but I'm glad that we got a chance to talk about it because I think it's important for people to have kind of an idea of just what it is and what it does and really what's available. I do think that people should keep in mind something that the press is not saying, which as you said, is that they can only release four. I'm assuming that they could change that, but they'd have to change it probably through law. They would have to change it by law, but they would also have to spend a whole bunch of money to expand the capacity. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, just physically pulling up the petroleum tankers to the underground tanks to pull out the oil is a labor time consuming process. Well, and it's not like we have truckers just laying around waiting for something to do. <laughs> I mean, we don't. We have a huge trucker shortage in this country. So getting which is one of the reasons why prices of other goods have gone up, because even when the goods have been produced, they've been shipped to this country. They are just waiting at docks to be put onto 18 wheelers to be delivered to stores, to Amazon, to Walmart, et cetera, so that consumers can, can buy this stuff. Unless you live in the port of Washington, your stuff was delivered by truck. Yes. So just keep that in mind. Um, Anyway, thank you so much, Augie. I appreciate this. It it is both interesting and nightmarish. And I would love for us to visit it again later after this whole thing settles and see where we end up with how many how much oil we have and what we think that's going to happen with policy in the future, energy policy in the future. Yeah, I would love to go ahead and talk about that because we've kind of sort of touched upon it on the periphery with a number of our episodes, but energy policy is just absolutely fascinating Um, um, as a, shall we say, it demonstrates so much of what goes into policymaking in the United States. Yeah, And it demonstrates how utterly schizophrenic Americans are about wanting clean energy, but wanting fossil fuel, but wanting this, but wanting that, like wanting all the things from all the people. (laughs) And, you know, because we're Americans, we just want it all. Ah, thank you. Thank you, Nia. Great topic today. Thanks.